we've been in a series uh, in the last handful of weeks called Transformers. We've been talking about transformation. And uh, I just want to remind, uh, last week we talked about putting our trust in God's hands. And we actually declared last week at the end of our services, we said, God, we declare that we put the, our trust of our life's process in your hands. Now, transformation, if you're just joining us for the first time, um, I want to remind all of you online that we have a team of people that are all on across our different platforms that are there to communicate with you, to take prayer requests, to be able to encourage you. If there's anything you need, we encourage you to reach out. Um, and if you're just joining us for the first time, perhaps a friend or a family member uh, invited you to watch online. I real quickly want to want to tell you when when I talk about this word transformation, I simply just mean change. We're all in a process of change. In fact, I will tell you that whether or not we attempt to change or not, we're all changing. The world's changing around us. This week is definitely a marked moment in time showing us that things do change. And I know that when in my life, when I attempt to put my trust in the hands of God, that there is an enemy, a real enemy to that trust, and it's doubt. And doubt definitely showed its face uh, this last week in the form of fear, anxiety, and uncertainty that maybe some of you have felt. I know that I did. I, I went to one of my favorite big box stores. I won't say which one, just for their sake. And I had my four-year-old with me and I pulled up and uh, I needed to get gas first. That might give it away, but I, I had to get gas first and the line was all the way down the street. And I thought, oh, this is not going to be a good uh, circumstance here to walk into. And I was done getting gas and it was pouring rain and I got a parking spot right up near the front of the store. I get my four-year-old out of the car through the rain, and there's no baskets anywhere. All the baskets are gone. I finally get a basket, and I get inside the store, and I'm making my way from the front of the store to the back, and I was going to attempt to get the almighty, the all-powerful, the one thing that the world seems to be falling apart to get, toilet paper. Now, I live in a house with nine females. And so if anyone under the sun needs toilet paper, I am here to tell you that I am that person who needs toilet paper desperately. And it was palpable, the environment and like the tension that you could feel in the store as people were scrambling to get a hold of these, these essentials. And as I walked to the back, there was uh, a wonderful employee of the store holding a sign that said, no toilet paper, no water, no hand sanitizer. And I put my head down and walked away and I told myself, I'm not going to get caught up in the fear. I'm not going to get caught up in the anxiety of what's going on. And people were just buying stuff left and right. It was like whatever they could get their hands on. And so I walked away from everybody and I went into the personal fitness aisle of the store. And no one was in the personal fitness aisle. But I found myself giving way. And for some strange, odd reason, I just grabbed, I didn't need it, a foam roller that you roll out your muscles after you've worked out. And I thought, I need this. And the truth was, is that 
in that moment, I realized there was something that I was anchoring my heart to in the security of things were running out, but I'm getting something. And when I got home, I tossed it on the floor and I kind of chuckled to myself and thought, Pat, you gave in to doubt. You gave in in the face of fear, anxiety, and uncertainty, and you bought this $13 foam roller that you really don't need. In fact, you may have experienced some of these things in the last week. You may have friends or family members or neighbors that are experiencing any one of these feelings, fear, anxiety, or uncertainty, to any degree, to any level. And I'm here to tell you today, my, my hope and my goal is that we together can talk about a few things to destroy doubt so that it can be replaced by hope, by peace, and by security. Now, in, for me in my life, I realized more than ever this week that my doubt would only be destroyed through the Word of God. I desperately needed to have my heart anchored to the Word of God this week and what He says. So, number one, we're going to talk today about God's Word speaks purpose. Number one, God's Word speaks purpose. You know, when times get a little bit chaotic and a little bit crazy, I like to do this. I like to go back to the very beginning of things. I like to take things back to kind of the, the foundation, the fundamentals. If I was a coach and I was coaching you, what I would say is, if we're having trouble somewhere in the game, let's go back to the fundamentals and let's start in the beginning. Let's break things down. So I'm going to break things down all the way back to the beginning today in Genesis 1.1. That's the very beginning of the Bible. It's the very first book. It's the very first verse. And this is what it says in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, he spoke, let there be light and there was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night and there was evening and there was morning the first day. As I read this, what I began to understand was that all creation, in that very moment, in the very first portion, in the very first verse of what we read in the Bible, all of creation was brought to order by God's spoken word. That what was once seemingly disorder, chaos, God spoke and he brought formation to the thing that was formless, to the thing that was empty. That potentially you today are feeling formless. There's disorder in your life and there's chaos. And I think if anything this week, what it brings to the surface in my heart and potentially yours is that there's an emptiness inside of me that is grabbing for foam rollers to anchor our hearts to for security. And we need the word of God to speak purpose into that emptiness and into that void. Chaos, I'm going to describe this very quickly. Chaos is the result of creation living outside of the original design of God's perfect order of his perfect word. I'm going to read that again. Chaos is the result of creation living outside 
of the original design of God's perfect order, of his perfect word. See, God's word formed creation by informing creation of its purpose. Now, some of you might be thinking, why would, why would God allow something like this to happen? And I just want to speak to this very quickly. This scripture tells me that the God that I preach about, the God that I've given my life to, the God that created me, that I believe spoke formation into my disorder, who brought my life from chaos and gave purpose to it. This scripture tells me that that God is not a God of chaos. He is not a God of disorder. He is a God that forms order out of disorder. And what that means for you and I, where we can place our hope in that understanding is that although things seem like they're formless and we feel like God's not present, I love this part of the passage that says the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, that while things seemed formless and they seemed empty, although they were to our eye, they were to our understanding, God was there, he was present, and he's there to speak over the circumstances that we find ourselves in today. He brings formation to the things that are formless. God is a God of order, so that means when I see disorder, I can attribute the disorder to the enemy of God. There is a real enemy right now at work in the hearts and in the communities that cross over borders, that push past every barrier. It's, this is a global enemy that is working and wielding with weaponry against the peace and the trust and the security that God designed for us to walk in. Now, that enemy wants to prove in our minds, in our hearts, and in our homes that there's emptiness and there's disorder and there's chaos. But God, he speaks purpose to those things. He speaks purpose into those areas that we feel like are formless. Number two, God's word is powerful. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even a dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. I'm going to read that again. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. It goes on to say, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. What this means is, is in the very beginning of this scripture, it says that God's word is alive and active. It's alive and active when it was written, and it's alive and active today. That God's word is alive and active for you and I to bring into the battlefield. For you and I to bring into our circumstances. For you and I to drag fear into the courtroom of a king who was there, as scripture says, to judge I'm going to read this again. To judge the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. What this tells me is, is that I might be feeling fear, but I can drag that fear before God and he can judge that fear. And he can turn it to courage. 
I may be feeling anxiety. I can drag that anxiety into the courtroom and have God judge that anxiety that I'm feeling. And he can turn that anxiety into peace. I can take the uncertainty that I might be feeling and I can drag it before God and he can judge that uncertainty and he can turn it into security. I'm not discounting the feelings that we're feeling. Our feelings are real. God actually gave us these emotions. He gave, he, I believe God is an emotional God. We were made in his image. That means that God carries emotion. But I'm here to tell you that we cannot be ruled by our feelings. I've, I've heard it said so many times as I'm out and about this week, sentences that begin with this, I feel. And I'm learning more and more in my life, and I think this week has proven it. That my anchor point has to be what God says. My anchor point has to be in God's word and not in what I feel. My feelings are fleeting. You and I will feel one way in the morning, and by the time our caffeine kicks in, we feel a whole nother way. So does that mean I need to anchor my life to my feelings that are that deeply affected by a cup of caffeine? I need to anchor my life to a word that never changes. And scripture says that the God that I serve and the God whose word that I'm telling you brought formation to what seemed unformed, he brought order to something with disorder, is powerful enough that it never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It says in the scripture that his word is flawless. It's perfect in every way. We have to anchor our hearts to the powerful word of God. Number three, God's word is a weapon. Now in the scripture that I just read, it said that the word of God is alive and active. It's, it's like a double-edged sword. And in the book of Ephesians It's a wonderful book in chapter six. I would highly recommend that you read it. I think it would be a great passage for you to read through. There's a part of it that talks about us putting on what what is written and told us is the armor of God. And right at the very beginning of this, it says, put on the full armor of God. And God is immediately positioning us and saying this. If you and I are created to put on the armor, If we're created, he's saying, he's instructing us. He's commanding us to wear the armor. He's also informing us that we're warriors. There is no reason for you and I to put on the armor if we weren't made and we weren't battle ready with his word. In verse 17 of Ephesians 6, it says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's this picture that I have in my head, and I, 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 love, I love the show Mandalorian. Mandalorian, he, you know, he walks around, he's got this, you know, these swords, and, you know, these, these guys, I remember like giant, I think it's called a sheath, it's, it's what the sword goes in, and, and they, they draw the sword out of the sheath. And I feel like what God's telling us 
more and more is that his word is a weapon that the sword that we have sheathed on our back when we're armed by the word of God is present, but it does nothing if we do not unsheath it and we don't use it. So many times in my life, I have access to the word of God and I don't release it. I have access to the powerful purpose-giving word of God in my life in circumstances. And I make the mistake of walking through those circumstances with my sword, the only offensive weapon given in the full armor of God. And I make the mistake of walking through a battle, of walking through a circumstance, of walking through a season, of walking through a situation that's tough, of walking through a struggle, and I never draw my sword from its sheath. Perhaps today, one of the best things that we can do as believers, as followers of Jesus, is to take that sword, to take this word that we have, to take the scriptures that God has given us, to bring order to everything that seems disordered, to give purpose, take that powerful word of God. Now is the time, more than ever, as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, to unsheath that word, to remove that sword and release the power that it carries. You may be out and about in your day, you may be in the community, you may be dealing with things that you're out taking care of, could be grocery shopping, I don't know what you're doing. Did you know that you could just walk through your normal day? You can maintain your six feet of distance that we're being asked to maintain. But you know, I don't have to be within six feet of you to unsheath my sword and begin to pray the word of God over your life. There's no distance, there's no barrier that God's word cannot overcome. Drive past the line outside of the Winco at 5 a.m. of people waiting to get in. A 24-hour store that had to shut down for the safety of their workers so they could restock the shelves. Fear. Anxiety. Uncertainty. And what I'm saying to you today is that it is time for us to rise up. It's time for us to not be timid, to not sleep, to not be obese, to not be stuck. But it is time for us to wield the weapon that we've been given in the Word of God over our own lives and over the lives of the people around us. Number four, God's Word is personal. What I love about God, he's not this far off God. He's not this, this deity, this, this divine being that was created by the hands of man and it's a statue and it's made out of fine jewels or it's been fashioned somehow by humanity, but he is the creator of all things. And in that, 
He's not put on a pedestal far away. He's not looking back. God is not looking from afar. He's not distancing himself from you, from me. He's not distancing himself. He's not fearful of a virus. In the very beginning, it says, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. It shows God was always present. He is always present and will always be present. In John 1.1, it says, in the beginning was the word. What beginning? He's talking about, John is talking about that passage we just read in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning of all creation, Jesus. What was the word? Jesus. In the beginning was the word. Who was the word? Jesus was the word. In the beginning, he was there. It was personal. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. And in him was life. And that life was the light of mankind. And that light shines in the darkness. That light is the light that is shining over the darkness of our doubt, over all of the things that doubt wants to present for us. That is the light that's shining into the darkness of fear. That's the light that's shining into the darkness of anxiety. It's the light that's shining into the darkness of depression. It's the light that's shining into the darkness of uncertainty. It's the light that's shining into the darkness of disease. It's the light that shines. And there's a promise that's attached to the end of this. It says, and the darkness has not overcome it. There is nothing in creation that can overcome the light of Jesus Christ. There is nothing in creation that can overcome the word of God as we speak it over our circumstances. There is nothing that the enemy can bring to our doorstep. There's no virus. There's no disease. There's no army that the battle has been won. There's nothing that stands between us and the personal person of Jesus Christ. Something that I'm reminded of often is that as often, as frequent as I can have personal contact with Scripture, I'm coming into frequent personal contact with the person of Jesus. We need the Word of God more than ever. Not just here in our city, not just in our county, not just in our state, not in our nation. 
we as a people, we as the created beings from a creator who loved us so much to make it personal by sending his son Jesus, we need that word more than ever in every nation. There's no ethnicity, there's no language, there's no border. There's not an economic situation that can present a barrier that would change the fact that we need the living, active, purpose-giving, powerful, personal word of God. In Psalm 119, 114, it says, You are my refuge and my shield. I have put my hope in your word. Because you speak it, God. So it is. What are you speaking today? What are you speaking into our hearts as we listen? From our homes, from our workplaces, as we're driving. What are you speaking today? As it should be. What are you speaking today that we need to anchor our hearts to? that never changes, that never moves? What are you speaking today that's a promise? We need God's word in scripture. And we need God's word in the person of Jesus. Now I would encourage you right now, if you could just close your eyes right where you're at. Before I ask you this question, I'm going to remind you and encourage you. We, we have a team ready and responding to you online. If there's something personal you need prayer about, you can private message them. You guys can take it offline so it's not public. But just because we're not here together shoulder to shoulder and face to face, it does not mean that we're not here to meet your needs, to care for you, to love you. We are doing everything possible we can to help encourage you. Here's my question. What are you anchored to today? Are you anchored to your 401k? Stock market? Are you anchored to the people around you? All of us together, we're, we're faulty. We fail at times. And that's dangerous. If, if my life is anchored to a person who's walking through the same things that I am, are you anchored to your job? Are you anchored to your belongings? Are you placing your security, your hope and your peace in things that at some point will pass away? What are you anchored to today? For some of you, this is an opportunity that maybe for the first time, you have the opportunity to say, today, God, 
I want to anchor my life to your son, Jesus, to your word, to your living, active word. I want to anchor my life to something that brings hope and peace beyond all understanding and brings security. If that's you, I'm going to read this scripture, Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The key is Christ Jesus. He wants to give you that peace beyond all understanding. He wants to guard your heart from fear, anxiety, and uncertainty. He wants to destroy the doubt that the enemy wants to bring to our doorstep repeatedly to bombard our minds. He wants to guard our minds and our hearts. He wants to protect you. He's personal. He wants to give purpose. It's your choice this morning. If you're making a decision for Jesus Christ this morning, we have a team that wants to take a few moments and communicate with you. We do not want you to think that you're walking through this alone because you're not. We want you to know that we're present and we're available. So please reach out. Let us know. I'm making a decision for Jesus. If you need prayer, if you're, if you're rededicating, if you're saying, gosh, through these circumstances, Pat, I realize more than ever, maybe I wasn't anchoring my life to Jesus. I once was. And today you're saying, I need to again. Please reach out. Let us know. We want to be there. We want to pray with you. We want to be able to bring whatever we can to your doorstep. If there's any personal needs, physical needs, practical needs that you may be experiencing, I would encourage you to reach out to us. We are in communication with different agencies that we might be able to help out or point you in the right direction, but we do not want you to think you're alone in this because you're not alone. We love you. We look forward to the moment that we're going to be standing shoulder to shoulder again. We look forward to the time that we get to sing and hear each other's voices fill the space. But until then, church, we need to go be the church. We need to go and rise up and bring the word of God into the things that seem like they're chaotic and disorderly so that we can have purpose given to disorder and it's brought into order. We can have peace and hope and security that we can only find in God's word, and in his son Jesus, the living word. We thank you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.